0: Hello and welcome. This is the Bits versus Byte podcast. I'm your host, Amir Grigic, and today with me is uh, Leila Prenavratz. She is a public speaker and presenter uh, with her own company. <laughs> so uh, welcome, Leila.
1: Hi, Amera. Nice to be in your show.
0: Uh, thank you. Thank you. Um, and uh, could you tell the listeners a little bit about yourself and a little bit about your background? definitely oh,
1: <laughs> definitely. i was uh, born and raised in uh, former uh yugoslavia it's not i'm not gonna sing like the fresh prince of bel air by the way <laughs> but yeah. um i was born there and i lived there until uh, 1993 when the war started we fled to the netherlands and mm. i've been living in the netherlands since uh, 1993 then um i have finished here my uh, education and have a background in communications and when I was twenty one I was scouted uh, scouted at my um, at my school for a radio station and just started radio station just starting radio station to be correct um, and it was called phonics and it was just started for about a year and um, that's how I like literally from the school bench went to making radio from one to the other day Mm. it was very fun so um my career started at my 21st and and i'm in 37 now so i've been doing this 16 years Mm. and i've made radio for many years and um for about 15 years i'm up public moderator and a public speaker so i do a lot of different debates from our prime minister and ex-prime minister mark rutte and jan peter balkende to um a local event somewhere here in the city of the hague or somewhere on on the world so and everything in between so from very serious topics to um fun stuff And I work a lot with youngsters, young people, children and young people on different teams like justice and peace, uh, equality, um, empowerment. Um, I find it very important to um, be a stepping stone for them because the fact that I have had a career that I have and, and the blessed life that I live is also because there were other people who saw talent talent in me and who gave me chances to become somebody and especially being a refugee and coming from a country where you don't have any network you don't know anybody Mm
2: -hmm. it
1: was amazing to uh, come encounter with so many lovely people lovely souls who just saw talent in me and gave me chances and really created so many spaces for me to like grow Mm. and of course it's definitely a thing that you need to work hard for it and and keep on uh, working and and uh showing that you are really like worth it of all the energy and time that people are uh investing in you mm. but it's also a part of luck and being yeah. um a good combination of luck and hard work i think that's uh, one of the recipes for me for the career that i have uh, been able to have so I do four things, presenting and hosting, moderating, public speaking from Hague Talks to TED Talks to, uh, Hague Talks are the the, the Hague uh, TED Talks, um, speaking at public events to uh, doing projects with young people and training on different yeah. skills.
0: Yeah. So you mentioned that you were kind of scouted. So how, how did that work out? Because I can imagine that... They don't just see someone walking uh, walking in uh, a campus or something like that and just say, "Oh, that could be a good uh, radio host or whatever." No.
1: <laughs> no, I had an interview. They have a poll and they go into the city and interview young people about different topics and teams. And there was this lady who came to our um, um, to my to my uh, uh, school and. Um, um, she asked me, "Can I uh, have an, uh, do an interview with you?" And I said to her, "Yeah, you can." But I don't live in The Hague. I live in a very little uh, small town next to Leiden. So I don't know your radio station, and there was no internet back then. So mm. I cannot listen on it, uh, uh, listen to it on the internet or anything. So I was like, um, "I don't think that I'm your right candidate," you know. And she said, "No, no, no. I really would love to interview you." And I said, "Okay." So. We had this interview and we had an amazing conversation. And she was like, "Wow, we're very impressed!" And can I have your name and phone number? I would love to invite you to come to our studio and um, to be a host on our talk show. And I said, uh, "Okay." <laughs> and then the same evening, they called me, and I got at the end of the day after after my classes, I went and had an interview on uh, on the radio live. And after that, she kept on calling me for um, stuff. And then they organized a panel with young people who were able to think about how the radio station should look like, sound like, be like. So she invited me to be one of the young people who would be part of that uh, uh, three-time meeting. And I said, okay, and I need you to like, uh, skip my uh, work. And I was like, okay, what am I doing? But I had this feeling that I needed to do it. And I did that. And after those three times, there were also like people coming into these meetings and looking at us and listening. And I don't know. So it was very interesting. And after these three times, she came up to me and she said, uh, like, I um, would love to offer you a job. Would you uh, like to come and work for us? And I looked at her and I said, what am I gonna do? <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah. I What's a, my what? talent here? Yeah. yeah. What?
1: What? What? What am I supposed to do? You know. So, uh, I. You know what? I didn't know that talking was a talent because mm. in Bosnia, when you talk too too much, you're from Yugoslavia. You always, up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I couldn't see that as a talent. So when, from that moment, something that was annoying to people became my treasure that was my talent and and i thought wow and some uh, months passed and i finished my um, uh, communication degree and i was uh, going to study further and i had a gap gap year and i uh, uh, sent her a message and i said like you had this proposal uh, to me is your proposal still on and she said yes it is but i don't have a spot at the moment And I went on and I did a great internship at a very large, uh, one of the largest uh, insurance companies in the Netherlands on the communication um, um, company uh, and the communication department. And I was like totally convinced that I was going to be this corporate girl who was Mm -hmm. going to be very high in the corporate world. And I went there and I did my... uh, my traineeship before and after this, this was an extra project that they gave me because they saw talent in me. And I was so unhappy. It was Mm -hmm. not the company itself. It was just the work and the, the way of working and and all these different uh layers and everybody had a part of the um of the whole thing that they were responsible for. And I didn't it was not my thing. I wanted to do something from the beginning till the end, you know? And I did this project and just like the last week, they gave me a contract and they, th- they were like so impressed. And I thought, I don't want to do this. and But I have this contract here and, you know, I don't know what to do and I want to study further. And and then she called and she said, I have a spot. Would mm. you come in and, and have this interview with me? And I went and I didn't even know where I was going for (laughs) to the interview i went there i had an amazing conversation it was like two hours with her and the hr lady and after the two hours i told her like what am i actually interviewing for and then she said to be a reporter i said okay what does a reporter do you know i was 21 i had no idea what journalism or radio was you know and i had no like I I sometimes listen to the radio but I didn't do that like I was not one of those radio junkies you know like people from young on who know would love to do that and I thought okay this is cool so that's what I did and in the first week when I started interviewing there were all these uh, different people coming up to me and asking me like what do you want to do what what's your ambition in this world and what where do you want to go and And I was like, I don't know. I said, like, I'm going to go and study further. So if you can give me something in the weekends, I would love to stay. And that's what happened. After three months, they gave me a show, a weekend show, that I did on Saturdays and Sundays. And during the week, I could go to classes, uh, go to my uh, studies. And it was amazing. So after one year, I told them, like, guys, I think I can manage this going full time to school and having this job thing give me more and then I got the talk show the thing that I was interviewed for I got so when I finished my bachelor's I was um I had already 4 years of working experience and a b- bachelor degree and um my, That's career. Made in heaven, yeah. <laughs> yeah, my career was set so it was such an amazing thing so i was going to classes during the day and afterwards i went to the um uh to uh, the radio station and uh rearranged my show and in the evening between seven and eight i host my show and i did that four days a week on the fifth day i went and had my group projects
2: yeah,
0: it's it's interesting to to see how uh, if you didn't do that interview back then, how things would have changed, right? Because I can imagine that that kind of was the pretense to becoming a presenter and public speaker, right? Is, Definitely.
1: Is that, is that how? definitely because of the fact that we, when we came here and we didn't have our parents to guide us we became mostly our parents parents because mm-hmm. we spoke the language much fr- uh, faster and they didn't know the the, 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 the um hi- hierarchy of how this country works you know how systems work so we were like an very early on entrepreneurs, you were on your own, you know, so when I started and the, this lady came up to me and I thought, "If you see talents in me that I don't even recognize myself, why should I be so stupid to say no? I have already a no, and if you are offering me a yes, I can at least try so that was I think one of the beginnings of my entrepreneurial career also because I've been entrepreneur now for about 13 years Mm. so at that moment i really like thought i need to trust i need. you need to trust yourself and also trust the 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 other person that they are able to see something in you that you don't even recognize it in yourself so Mm. that was really one of the, the the starting points for me and it was an amazing um amazing first job. It was an amazing first spot to start my career because Phonics just started. Uh everybody who was working on there was not a, a radio person, you know. So we all had like this playground that we can really learn how to make new age media and new age radio. And so for everybody who has an ambition to go into this world, I would really like um, I tell them go and work for the local stations because mm. at the local station you have so many opportunities to do it all yeah if you want to start at a uh, radio one for example or five to the you will only do part of a job but at the local station you are your own producer you're your own um, uh, journalist you are your own host your own technician you do it all and then yeah. because of doing it all you will know where your skills lie and what's good and where your talents are, but you will also learn things that are not something that you like to do or you don't have passion for. And when you then grow, you have all this space to just make mistakes and learn and making mistakes is amazing. Yeah. I found it in the beginning so incredibly um, awful because of the fact that you ha- we have so many pressures on us to like um, become somebody because of the fact that our parents also like laid all their ambitions and dreams on us you know yep. there was yep. this great pressure on becoming and doing it well but I thought uh, from all these Dutch guys and people and all these people from all these different nationalities that it was okay to make a mistake and it was not a a big thing, you know, in Bosnia. It's not a shameful the, thing. Yeah, in Yugoslavia, if you make a mistake, it's like whoa. And here, it was a a great thing because you can learn so much from it. Mm. So for me, those five years that I spent at Phoenix, I worked there five years full time. Because before I quit that thing and 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 went on to something else. Um, it was really like the best starting point and best playground ever,
0: yeah, yeah, I can imagine uh, do you feel because uh, there's a lot of uh, a lot of things about equality and, uh, and and equal chances for a lot of people? do you feel because I can talk from my kind of perspective? I was two when I came to the Netherlands, so i I basically grew up here, right? It's a different it's a different situation than when some people that I know and uh, you're, you yourself are, are already like Formed kids, right? You're already like uh, 11. 10, yeah. Yeah, ten, 11 year, years old. Uh, do you feel like um, you? Uh, do you feel like you have the same chances that someone else has as well, or do you feel like you needed to uh, put in extra work to kind of prove yourself, like to prove yourself that you're you're worth the the thing that you want to get?
1: I definitely believe that we have equal chances. It's mm-hmm. you can only become your own enemy mm. and everybody actually uh, from witha- whatever starting point they have can become their own enemy somewhere along the way. Um, because if you start viewing yourself by what is proclaimed in the media or what is proclaimed by your classmates or people from your group then you can really like cage yourself even Mm. before you have started. So that's also something that I was very early on aware of. I didn't want to belong to one group or be um, a part of only that. I always believed that having a starting point in ex-Yugoslavia was a beautiful, beautiful starting point. Uh, It gave me a lot of, um, like a, a very beautiful safe haven before mm-hmm. the war of course of what it meant to have unconditional love by your parents to be raised in an in a very collective uh environment of a of a belonging to eh, a collective very family oriented very yep. so but also raised in a country where it's very common and normal to have a soul to be a an individual who has all these different layers. And then coming to the Netherlands to a much more individual country, but a country where you as a human have all these rights as in to to, to proclaim yourself as an equal to everybody else. You don't have to uh, compromise for a group. So I love the fact that I had all these perspectives to look at situations from. So from very early on, I was always looking at what um, is the favor of this part of that part in this for me. So mm. I think that that was the greatest thing that saved me. It never I never uh, caged myself. And that's what I have seen a lot through these years yeah. with a lot of youngsters, not only from ex-Yugoslavia, but from all over. Also, mm-hmm. the Dutch Dutch young young people, as well as people from 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 world citizens. You know what I mean. So, yep. Um. I think it's very important to realize and to become very aware that what how we think, how we are um, programming, programmed by our society, by the upbringing, but also eh, belonging to groups or religions or whatever, but also. That we have a possibility to think for ourselves. That's the, yeah. one of the, the greatest things of living in a country like the Netherlands. We are able to use our brain and to think. And, 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 and all these issues and topics, we have the freedom to see them in a different way. But also like change our perspective on them. You, mm. you know, you can have a start and, and with your background proclaim and see something for a long period of time. And then you have life and experiences and, and things happening. And then you can change. You can yep. change that perspective. You can change your mind. you And that's what I love about living in an individual country. Mm. For example, to a group country where it's a much tougher. To change and to change as a human because the group wants to keep you the same because otherwise you can become a a, um, how do you say that you can become a um,
0: yeah you're kind of a rebel in that sense right yeah and that that. can
1: be like like harmful for the group so I love that that Working in these two areas, like bringing the collective and and uh, soulness and and that sort that kind of stuff to the Netherlands, yeah. but also taking away the thinking for yourself, standing up for yourself, loving yourself first, yeah. and and starting from that I first to we, and then yeah. from the we going to an I, and I yeah. love that like that uh, hourglass, you know. Yeah. Yeah,
0: that, that, that's, that's the thing. And I think that, um, a lot of, I feel like a lot of people get into that victim role of like, okay, we're, we're born this way or we're, we've bring, we've been brought up this way. So uh, you can't change me. Uh, th- this is how it is. Uh, if people accept you, I mean, people should accept you that that's, that's fine. But, uh, th- there is, uh, there is some things that when I, when I, I kind of see the same thing. I, I didn't, uh, I didn't experience the, it the way you did, for example, in the former Yugoslavia. I didn't ex- experience that, but uh, I did have the same kind of upbringing, right? You 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 still have the same kind of values and and things like that. Um, I I see that mix as something great, right? I see it as something yeah. that can can benefit me. Uh, and I it's funny uh, when I was younger, I kind of saw it as uh, as not a not a strength i i saw it as a, like okay i'm different mm-hmm. I, I, yeah. yeah i i see it as something i'm i feel different i'm different than others because there's a lot of uh, turkish and moroccan kids for example in my class and i'm not one of them right i'm not uh, turkish or moroccan or something like that so you kind of n- not feel left out i mean that's too too much outcast yeah a l- little bit but um uh, on the other hand w- that's something that bothered me back then, but now I feel like it's a it's a strength, right? Uh, so that's that's something that that I've noticed myself uh, coming up, uh, and now it feels like there's a lot of values that uh, that you get by your upbringing. Like uh, I, I I can't stand injustice, for example. I can't st- stand that. That's a, something that uh, that came in my upbringing, uh, which. Uh, Fuels like some some decisions that I make. So um, those are those are kind of things that uh, that I've noticed uh, coming up. And I don't feel like I needed to work a lot harder than others to get into positions or things that I wanted to do. It's just that you need to show that you're willing to do it and be able to to also say the things you want to do. That's something that I've noticed in the Netherlands a lot. Is like if you don't say it, people. Well, sometimes they will see something in you, but in most cases, they won't, right? In most cases, you need to kind of make them uh, make them think like, oh, maybe he is someone or he or she is someone for that position or whatever it is, right?
1: And the, the interesting thing about what you are now talking about is um this is a hazard that a lot of women have because women Mm want to be asked for a function for example but also what a lot of people have who are not born and raised in the netherlands so who are born and raised with other values because in a lot of countries for example from yugoslavia it's not polite to ask it's not um so it's it's a part of a, a a and that's why I think it's very important for, uh, for different companies and, and also like um, governments to realize that all these different people have th- different dynamics. And that um, if you want to have an inclusive community, you need to uh, realize that your communication needs to be also inclusive to welcome uh, different people with different backgrounds and different uh, ideas of how to connect. And also with HR people, you know, to like realize that someone can be just humble because of the fact it was hers or his upbringing. Yep. And that's why they don't take that extra step to ask or that extra step to do something. It's not because they are not talented or willing or uh, they cannot do it. It's because they are kept back by something that they have been taught to do. Mm. And that's also like bringing us back to what you just said before, if people, they, what I meant also by caging yourself, if, if you decide that you are something,
2: mm-hmm.
1: then you are not able to evolve anymore. And if you want to live a life, and a life is an ongoing uni- uh, university that you are go- in, I mean, we are going to learn uh, from our childhood to our uh, deathbed, and we'll, in the end end up dying stupid again because you'd never learn any everything you know what it yeah. what i mean so that's yeah, yeah, like was saying in in yugoslavia but what i wanted to say is if you are you have decided that you uh, are something that then you are already like stagnating yourself you're making yourself smaller because you are not allowing yourself to grow anymore and that's what's very important when people um if you are Able to, and if you want it, because there's a big something, the will of someone, but if you realize that life is something that you can always keep growing, always keep learning. Also, if you have done something for 15, 16, 20, 50 years, Mm. that's the I think the most amazing thing that you can do and give yourself learning new stuff, creating new passions. Um, seeing other parts of yourself discovering and giving them the space to get into the light and to yeah, get
2: yeah.
1: developed and what I also have experienced, and I don't know how you see it because of the fact that we are white as as skin white and we have yeah well, we I have blonde hair, so you have dark hair, but we look a lot like the duchies, so for yeah. us in the first experience people don't see us as a foreigner so that gives you one plus already because you are proclaimed as an equal and i find that as a very important um how do you say that um task for myself and also as a very important um thing to be aware of because i can then become a bridge between people who are narrow-minded or uh, lo- think in a certain way and help them go over the bridge to meet people who they will not meet, who they don't see at their birthday parties and who yeah. are they not friends with. And because of the fact that they have this connection with me and make an easy connection with me, I can help them, but also myself, to connect to one another and become... um. Seeing a world without these, you know what the horse? Yeah, yeah. I don't know how you call yeah. it in without oogklepper. I don't know how yeah. you call it in. in, in yes,
2: yeah, it's,
1: it's a
0: thing that that they put over the horses' as eyes. Yeah, <laughs> so that you are not
1: blindfolded. You know, yeah. but you can take the blindfold off for people and then let them meet the other person. But the beauty is what I experienced, and definitely through all these years of my work because I've spoken to so many people, is when people meet one another, Mm -hmm. they always find some similarities, some things that they recognize in the other person. And that's how they connect. And that's also like what people really always look in the other person is on what ground can we connect? And if I can be a bridge in that communication, my life purpose is there, you know? I mean, if you can help people, to connect to one another, it, this world becomes a beautiful, much more beautiful place. And the yeah. thing that you were talking about on equality, equality you can, um, I think, make much more bigger is by helping people to get to know one another. And an equal society is something that we are always going to be fighting for.
2: Mm. Yeah, and that's, that's, it's that's an ongoing thing. Yeah,
0: that's something I've noticed too. It is um because you're not part of a uh, well the the, gr- the group that we are if you can call uh, call it like a, the group that we are part of if you can uh, I don't want to put someone in a box but you, you know what I mean. So, uh people that are from uh the former Yugoslavia in this case, uh it's a much smaller group than uh, some other kind of uh nationalities or something like that within the Netherlands. Uh then you're kind of not part of that group but you're also not part of the like normal dutch people if you can call it uh, quote unquote that right you're you're not uh, you're not from the netherlands themselves or something like that so it it does help like because you can see both sides right you kind of interact with both sides you, you kind of know like okay this is what makes them tick and this is what makes them tick on the on the other end so those are some of the things that uh, that i've noticed like okay you can you can connect with both kind of parties and then find the similarities for them if they don't find them uh, within within themselves. So and I can, I that's can your bridge that,
1: function. Yeah, yeah that's yeah, how exactly. you become a bridge. And exactly. I think that that's also like beautiful because of our background. We know what it is and how like from one to the other day, your best friend, your neighbor can become your enemy. So mm. if you are able to, in your daily life and in your daily work, to contribute to that, to keeping the peace. I mean, this is a country that has had seventy-five years of peace. Ex-Yugoslavia has had has existed not even hundred yeah. years and has yeah. known three wars, yeah. big ones, two yeah. world wars. I mean, so we don't know what it is to live in freedom, to be free, yeah. and we are now living and enjoying that here. I myself, personally, for twenty-five years, twenty-seven years. So, I mean that means that i love this country this is my country this is my home i have mm-hmm. a birth country but this is my home country and i don't have to choose and the beauty is is i have never chosen i have never went into this identity crisis that i see a lot of young people and people around me getting into you know because i didn't feel that I, there is a choice to make it's and and it's not if it. Off, off, or if, if, it's and, 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 you know?
2: Yeah,
1: and yeah. I believe that if you can free yourself, because peace is something that really starts first within yourself, you need to find peace within yourself to be able to share peace, to give peace, to take peace, all that stuff. So definitely it's something that you don't have to choose. I I don't have to choose even if Bosnia and the Netherlands play football whoever wins I win there That's is a tough no one. <laughs> no <laughs> there is no for me there is yeah. no tough thing That's I true. always win That's so true. it's also the mindset it's also like not making it so tough for each other. I have had all these people and all friends and, and acquaintance and people meeting and I think to which country are you loyal whatever. And I said, I don't have to choose because I don't have to explain myself to nobody. I have to live with myself and explain myself to myself. I don't have to explain it to nobody else because you don't sleep next to me. You know, you are not with me 24 seven.
2: Yep, so exactly. you
1: need to make peace with yourself, love yourself, love the life you live, and do the stuff, what you do, with some with the passion and and desire and so much like devotion that that's gonna give you wings yeah, to live yeah. your best life. And for everybody, that's something different.
0: So h- how does h- how did your how did your um to, to get into that, how did your kind of background uh, help you? So, does it does it help in some way in the things that you're doing right now in kind of the presenting, the public speaking and stuff like that? Do you think that has an effect on that?
1: Definitely, the, one of the very important thing is, is um, thinking in grace,
2: mm.
1: not thinking in black and white and in one solution or whatever, because of the importance that's why, for example, uh, equality is such a big theme in my life because, mm. and human rights, for example. And I really strongly believe that um, if I want something, I need to also create that for others because if I want to live in a world that's just and a world with peace. I can only do that if my neighbor or my best friend or an acquaintance or someone else on the other part of the world is also having that. Hmm. What I really experienced and realized, because I've been very ill, I had um, cancer caused by um, the nuclear um, waste that was that it's in bombs and in war, in yeah. weapons yeah. in the war. So 25 years later, Mladic gets convicted here in the Yugoslavia Tribunal isn't it beautiful? I, one of the people that like made me flee that country is him. We came here. I'm living in the city of justice and peace, The Hague. He comes here. They take him here. He's sentenced to justice in my hometown where I live in freedom. He's mm-hmm. now in jail 20 minutes from my house, but he's sentenced by law. I didn't get a knife or a gun or whatever and did that i broke the cycle i want that cycle to be broken of violence and stuff yeah. like that also for my kids but the beauty of life it's it always like restores itself maybe it mm. takes time sometimes it takes a lot of time and patience yeah but it really in the end happens but what i wanted to say is that i can't come you come in life along a lot of stuff he gets convicted and sentenced, I hear that I have cancer. And at that moment, I decide for myself, I don't wanna start another war. I had already had all these wars and it needs to stop. So my cancer is a part of me. I'm not starting a war against my own body, against myself. This body has carried me for 35 years, back then 34, I have never been ill. Sometimes a uh, flu or something once in five years. So yeah. this body was made ill by something from outside, and I'm gonna become its best friend, and we're gonna do this. Mm. And thank God it worked out for me. It was not my time. I am healthy now. We live in a country where the health system is amazing. I would like love the SDGs, and I would love for everyone every human being that every country will work on these sustainable development goals so that everybody in the world has health and food and all the other sdgs and i am willing to work on that so i'm also like working on it every day of my life um and i think that that's important we cannot choose what happens to us we cannot choose where we are born there are so many t- things that we have no choice in but we yeah. do have a choice in how we proclaim these things that happen to us and how we want to thrive from them how yeah. do you want to stand up what kind of legacy do you want to leave this world for your kids for whatever and also to realize that we are part of a world we are not owning this earth. this earth we are part of, it's a giving to us, and but yeah. it's our mother. And for example, all that war going on in the world is polluting our world, not only making people ill like myself, but it's also making our earth ill. All these things are in our nature, going into our water, into our ground, into our air, and that all travels. So it's not something that it's like, I throw a, a nuclear bomb or I throw a bomb somewhere, the other part of the world it's not my problem because it's not coming to me it's coming because air travels water flows and out of that earth comes our food so people need to like realize how much connected we are and that's why i love to build bridges and to like help each other recognize that we need one another and that we are so much more connected than we think and when we realize that you need one another and that you really like have to work on this collective thing, whatever you work for, for yourself, you work also for another human being. Yeah. So like my parents taught, taught me from very young on, if you can't help people, don't make their life even tougher. Yeah. You know,
0: that's a good one. Yeah. yeah it, it It is. It is the way I'm looking at it right now as well, where, uh, well, even yesterday, I uh, I connected a few p- people with each other, right? Uh, where someone was like, okay, can you help me with this? And I'm like, yeah, maybe it's not totally up my street, but I do know someone else that can help you out with that, right? Uh, and it doesn't cost me like almost no effort to to link up those people. And if they can get get something out of it, I mean, fine. I don't need anything out of it. It's just uh, you, you you already kind of did your kind of thing for that for that kind of day (laughs) in my in my opinion but uh, but to to get back to that to that public speaking because i did want to touch on that a little bit so um i think that a lot of people i feel like a lot of people that want to get into this that want to uh, be a a public speaker or or something like that um they struggle like they really struggle like okay how do i do this Uh, me myself if i pull it to myself i I also had that problem when I was kind of starting out public speaking. You've seen one of my presentations a while back. But it's a while back, but uh, it's um, it, what what is my kind of question about that is how do you can, can you tell a little bit like how people sh- could get better at this right uh, Are there some things that you uh, you on a uh, general basis uh, give as advice or give as a tip for for them. Uh, for example, uh, picking topics, right? Uh, that's also one one thing. Like, okay, where what do I talk about? Like,
1: yeah, picking how- topics is uh, doing stuff that come from your heart, from your soul. Yeah. If you have passion for stuff, that's the things that you need to, to go and start off as public speaking because then you speak from the heart. You know mm-hmm. the topic from. Uh, the seed to the enormous tree, so there is nothing to be insecure about because you can like answer any question and be at ease about it. Mm. And with presentations, is the most easy thing is to realize that what you are going to tell people, they don't know. Mm. So whatever you forget, it doesn't matter. They don't know that you forgot anything. <laughs> yeah. So it's releasing, releasing all that stress from yourself of the expectation of doing something perfect. The beauty of, of life is, is realizing that some, life doesn't have to be perfect to be beautiful. If you do something from the heart, from your soul, people will connect to parts of your stories where they find that resemblance, where they had the same experience, the same feeling, the same idea. And when you talk from the heart, that's when you will connect. And that's how your message will come across. And this is me at this moment speaking from my heart, and the only thing I see is you nodding. Because you have all the moments of recognition. And that's it. That's the power of public speaking, is speaking from the heart. When you don't know something, tell, I'm not sure. I will get back to you on this topic because I need to read up more on it or I will ask a colleague or someone who knows more about it. Don't go and bluff yourself out of a situation. If you don't know, just be honest because you don't want in your communication for people to feel in the non-verbal part that there's something up. Mm. Just... Stay true to yourself. Stay true to your story, to your dream, to your idea, and develop. Try. Do it. With, start off with people who know you. They will see if you change when you stand in front of them. They can give you pointers. That's a, a, a beautiful audience because you feel safe. There's love. There's yeah, They won't judge you uh, on that. And maybe they will judge you on a harsh level, but you can take it from them. Because you love them, you know? There's an equal. And then start by doing it with people you work with, for example. That's an audience that's much further away. And then after that, start working with people you don't know. And sometimes you will fail. Sometimes you will be so sick that you want to throw up before. It's all (laughs) good because we've all been there, Yeah. you know? And then along the way, because it takes a lot of practice, it takes a lot of falling on your face, uh, making mistakes, doing it wonderful also. like, But it's good to have a balance in having these wow moments, but also having these, oh, what could have I have done different? And ask feedback. Having feedback from people, it's very good. And in that feedback, learn from yourself what part of that feedback is really for you. And what part of that feedback is the other person's reflection? Hmm. Because people in their feedback give also parts of themselves away. And some of that thing, it's their issues that they need to work on or their things that they need to work on. And the feedback, the part of that feedback is also meant for you. So Learn also where to take off something because I do this a lot. So I have a lot of people giving me all these compliments and feedbacks and tips and whatever. And you need to make um now how do you say that? To, to to have a have this like like first like when you go to the beach and you play as a kid and you have your bucket and in the between the bucket you have that sand thing that you mm-hmm. put your sand on, yeah. you need to have that, like a filter that will filter stuff. What's in it for me? What can I learn from it? And what's a part of someone else and for someone else? Yeah, yeah, that's, great I think-
0: I'm, yeah that's great advice. That's great advice. The thing is that uh, as I see it, uh, the feedback part is the, the most important part here because um, standing up and standing in front of an audience or in front of a few people and, talking I mean um, a lot of people will feel uncomfortable in the first at first and then uh, after a few times you won't be but um, getting pointers like oh you move too much like oh or, or not, it's not a bad thing to move but some people just move like uncontrollably when they're on stage going backwards and forwards or going yeah. from left and that's to the right. not or, being
1: natural part yeah
2: that's, yeah, all, yeah.
1: that's they do they're not like that with their friends and Mm-mm. their family. So that's yeah. what I mean with all these habits that happen when you get in a spotlight.
2: Mm, yeah,
1: that's that's very amazing, and it's good to film yourself. To yeah. just, it's awful to look at yourself in the beginning because and to hear like yourself. It. <laughs> yeah, definitely, yeah, yeah. You when you make podcasts when you make radio, oh, like, man, the 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 you ones. are really sound <laughs> like that? You know, yeah. because you hear yourself differently than other people because the hearing goes for you to ways. You hear yourself from the inside and from the outside and you hear a person only from the outside. So yeah. that's why the leveling all that uh, hearing thing is different. But I, what I also like find very important is um, realizing even if you are talking to one person, to an audience of 20 or 500 or 5,000, you always speak to one person. Mm. So that's sure. very important to remember. No nobody listens in an in an us. They always listen in an I.
0: Mm. You know? Never so, never saw it that way. Yeah. Yeah. You usually think about the group like you're standing in no, front of a you, group.
1: Yeah, you're standing in front of a group, but you're talking to an individual. Mm. So yeah, remember to connect
0: that on that level, yeah.
1: Yeah. You're connecting to a person and you're trying to connect to a lot of individuals at one one time so that's mm. why you need to uh, really observe your nonverbal communication because everybody like um, uh, how do you say that everybody like uh, translates the communication for themselves in different ways yeah so it's very important to have all these yeah things to st- stand still and verbal and nonverbal communications are very important nonverbal is even more important than verbal
0: yeah and i hear a lot of people that that are like okay and especially in the technology kind of uh, area where i'm at at, of course a lot of people are like yeah i'm not that good of a communicator or at, at least they they feel they're not that good of a communicator right Um, do you do you feel like people that maybe are not the best at that maybe are an introvert or whatever do you feel like they can uh, get up into a level that uh, they can like really do like big talks and uh, in front of a lot of people do you feel do have you seen those kind of examples or uh, or do you feel like that's a that's a good possibility
1: i look at at a steve jobs or bill gates Mm. do i need to say more
2: yeah, I mean, yeah, true.
1: those two guys are uh, the tech guys who did TED Talks, who did all these amazing talks. I mean, so yes, of course, but what do they do? They stay true to themselves, to their talents, mm. to their knowledge, to what they stand for. And that's what I mean with being authentic, being close to yourself, close to that, what you are good at. You don't have to mm-hmm. become a Leila. I don't have to become an Ahmed. You need to be yourself. And being yourself in front of other people is very scary because it's very vulnerable. But becoming that vulnerable in front of others is connecting to them because if they were at your spot, they have the same experience. So that's why you always are talking as a human to another human. And you have talent and skills and knowledge on the topic that you were talking about. Otherwise, you wouldn't be standing there.
0: Yeah, exactly. And uh, the, when I think about the first talk that I did, that was pretty big. Uh, I, I I first did like talks in front of like people in the company and stuff like that. So that was kind of kind of weird, but still, it's like you feel a little bit comfortable, right? And then I was uh, asked to do uh, a talk in. It was a conference in Serbia, I think it was, but uh, and there were like. A hundred and fifty people in the audience. So you're like, this is the first talk I'm I'm doing like on a big stage and with a mic and everything like that, right? Usually it was like without a mic in a small setting and stuff like that. And that and is did also, you do it in yeah.
1: English or in, in Yeah, it uh... was in
0: English. It was in English. Okay, great. English. So that's yeah.
1: like an I think an easier language for you than doing it in a. Uh well, it could or... we could
0: we could probably do it in Bosnian as well. But the the yeah. the, the hard part about it is that um. The hard part about that is that you still have some kind of words that don't really translate, right? Yeah. Uh, so, especially if it's in te- in a technological field or whatever. So, uh, I-, I can remember doing that. Uh, man, I I was I was like practicing and practicing and practicing before it, because I was like, I don't want to, I don't want to fail at like this, right? I I want to do this correctly and do it the right way. Uh, and right before I went up, up on stage, I've I actually felt pretty okay, but when I was on stage, I was like, uh, "There's a video of that somewhere." <laughs> mm-hmm. I, I always became purple. I was almost like, <laughs> yeah, I was <laughs> like really, really. Uh, well, it was hot. I have to, I have to, to say that. But still, it was. Uh, you feel like um, you you try to 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 kind of. Rush through things, right? You're you're trying to get to the end as fast as possible, and then afterwards, or actually at the end, one of the developers came up and they he also he had it more even more than me. He was like really killed with like uh, nerves and stuff like that. So um, it it kind of puts things in, but it's a good learning school. I mean, if you don't get up there, you're not gonna learn anyway, right? If you don't do it, you're not gonna gonna do it anyway. So. Those are kind of the the, the things that I had, but uh, I, I, I agree. You need to be, you need to be talking about something you understand, otherwise people are going to, to kind of Poke like a balloon,
1: they were you yeah. like a pop, like a balloon, yeah. and it yeah. will hold on. So and it's in very technology, important.
0: it's even worse. Yeah, in yeah. technology, it's even worse. If you're talking about something in technology, there could be someone in the room that has more experience <laughs> than you with that particular thing, right? Uh, so then it's even more important that you know. And the, as you said, it's also um, important to be vulnerable and that in that respect to say, like, I don't know. That's a big thing that a lot of people don't. They don't feel like ever saying that, right? I don't know.
1: Definitely. But also like saying, I don't know, but is there somebody in the audience who knows?
0: That's a good one, yeah. Because
1: then you give the other person the recognition and the ability and the possibility to stand up and add to your story. And then that sharing becomes even something more. It Hmm. becomes even more something that you can work on. And from that spot, you can have a new colleague Someone who can, like, think with you and work with you to make that what you have as an idea or as a product even better. Mm. So, and they're not going to take anything away from you. They're going to add something to it. So, not seeing someone else as a threat, it's also very important because Mm. we all have talents to give and talents to share And if we add them together, it becomes more. It's not, that doesn't become less. And that's actually with everything what we do. If it's with peace, if you share it, it becomes more. It's with love, if you share it, it becomes more. And that's also with talent. If you share it, it becomes something more because with, you have one plus one is three then. And I really believe in, in that power of sharing. But also, and there, I don't know the English word for it. And I have had a lot of English people asking who are bilingual, by the way, also. But they don't know the word also in English. It's called gunner in, in, in Dutch. Yeah,
0: but it's actually
1: yeah. just like... Um,
0: to be able, it's kind of to be yeah, able it, to do something, to, yeah
1: no, it's not. Gunne is really like,
0: oh, oh that's a, <laughs> giving yeah, someone yeah, okay. yeah.
1: Uh, without expecting anything back
0: unconditionally, yeah,
1: Unco- I, uh, yeah, but it's it's really something like bigger than there's not a good English if, translation. I don't know if there is Bosnian <laughs> translation for it yeah, because yeah. it's re- it, the, what it stands for. It's not good trans, uh, translatable. I mean, mm. but I really love that word because um, that word takes away the ego, and yeah. the biggest problem of public speaking is ego getting in the way, because ego is the part that scares you the most—that you're going to go off in front of an audience, blah blah. All that—it's ego-based, and mm. ego—it's good until a certain point. Yeah, and then it can become your enemy, and then you become your own enemy, and that's what I meant with how you can become your own enemy.
0: Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. It's it, it is. I mean, the, the ego is kind of a make or break thing, right? It can really make someone, but it could also break you really fast. So it's it it has to be a kind of balance in in that in that respect. Um, so I, I, I do have two more questions before we wrap up. Um, So how does this, because there is a a crisis going on (laughs) for the people that haven't noticed it in the world, how has this kind of affected your work right now? Because I I do want to talk a a little bit about that, but just more in the sense of like, uh, how do you kind of do your your own thing? Because there is not really that kind of, there's no meetings anymore with uh, large groups of people or something like that. So how does, how has it affected you?
1: um that part has been affected very much with the last crisis in t- 2012 13 when it was on this lowest because it started in 2008 of course um mm. i uh realized and recognized that i was in the luxury business with my business mm. so when there a, cri- there a crisis hits um one of the things that people are going to like um skip first of all is big Events, so that was one of the things that I realized, and then um, I also realized that I really wanted to create something, to have a greater purpose, to contribute, to uh, have uh, a depth in the things that I do, and I have that on stage and I have it in presentation, but it's for that moment, and then it's it's finished, and then you go on to further something. But I really wanted to build on something from the seed to the tree and then all the beautiful fruits coming up upon it so i thought what do i want you know i want so i like um, enlarged my company and and the things that i did and i started starting doing projects and because children and youngsters are really the 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 groups that i love to work with because they're still so open so like creative and and look at the world with the their whole perspective already you know out there and um so i started making developing projects so i have been doing that for seven years now since that crisis and i have three three amazing projects that i do with for three different municipalities and uh, different organizations within these municipalities And they're all empowerment projects with equality teams, justice and peace, but also participation, inclusion, diversion, all these important topics. And because of that, I have an amazing things to do every day. Um, Mm -hmm. And I don't have... of course, I lost a part of my work. I think 80% of my work is also on stage and stuff like that. I mean, but um, that's changed to the digital part of it. And the beautiful thing was that I already have started at because my work is also very international. So I'm already like used on uh, Zoom calls and, and, and Teams and all of the other the, um, meeting things. And I find it very peaceful working from one place. It not having to sit, go into my car and uh, ride all through Holland, I mean, or getting on planes and traveling in the whole world. I mean, I still meet these people and meet amazing new people, but I can do it from my home office. And, mm. uh, and it gives me also like a peace part. So that's how I like translated uh, this for myself there's always a chance in anything that goes to think it around what can you gain from it what can you learn from it what how, what can you evolve or develop that'll give you an ability so for me i've done a lot of online uh, films and video podcasts like with you now so mm my works has just shifted to other places. So I really, I mean, I wouldn't quit the part of having that interaction with the audience and being on stage and meeting amazing people on stage and in the audience, because I love that It really gives me a spark and passion, but all the other stuff does too. So I really believe that if you are able to work with a purpose and work and do the stuff that you do from the heart, then it feels less like work and it feels much more like contributing and in creating something that's larger than yourself.
0: Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And I think I I feel like, um, and a lot of people are saying like, uh, a lot of things should stay the way they are. Uh, they, we, we should do more, more video calls. We should uh, do less traveling and stuff like that. I feel like, I hope that people are going to, <laughs> to do that. But, um, on the other hand, I'm kind of skeptical in the sen- sense that you already see, like, uh, a lot of things are going back to normal. Like they were before all this started. So I, it, it, I hope it does change because it it helps a lot uh, doing webinars, doing, uh, doing these calls and stuff like that. It it does help, and I hear a lot of people saying like, I do want to incorporate some of that stuff because I know from uh, from my own company where we where I work, uh, a lot of salespeople always went to clients. Always, this was like mm. kind of standard. Like they always going to clients, and now they're like, oh yeah, this this video calling thing actually works. It, it, we can just use that, and in in maybe eighty percent of the cases we can do that, and maybe twenty percent will still go to the client. But that's that's on a rare occasion that we really need to, right?
1: And you're much more productive because you don't yeah. have traveling time. You yeah. don't lose, you know, you don't lose lose time on all those stuff. And also, like, you have more peace within yourself. So yeah. that gives also, like, a, a much more productive effect. But I think that uh, you see really people getting more more peace if the things are going okay for that, they have their jobs, they don't have to worry about their finances and stuff like that. I mean, there is of course a large group who has lost their jobs, who don't Mm -hmm. know if they are going to have um, any income the next month, you know, who are um, very vulnerable now, but also like who have to look at our governments. And I love the fact that we live in the Netherlands and there is some basic Ground and also like some basic um, help that the government is giving people. I don't think that that's going to be enough for many people to uh, keep their households. You know, because from the fifteen hundred euros a month, a lot of people cannot pay their house and their. You know, but hopefully, I wish that these people have saved some money so that uh, you have the possibility of that you have. Family or friends who can help you out because I mean having that financial stress it's so so something tough to carry yeah. Yeah. no, and yeah. there are thank God also like a lot of also people listening if you are in this situation, there are like a lot of uh organizations that you can go to and step away from your pride and ego and whatever, and I really mean it from a good heart and just go before you get in even worse situations yeah. and if this thing carry on for a longer period of time i mean it would be a shame if if it brought you down if there are um, organizations of or governments that can help you i don't know but i mean I, that would be really really good and i think this is a good time and a good moment to see how can you arrange your work or arrange your company if you're a self-employed or you're an entrepreneur or whatever, to make it much more um, uh, resilient.
2: Yeah, it's resilient. This yeah.
1: kind of um, things happening, because like Bill Gates said, um, we don't have to worry for a world war, we need to worry for these pandemics. Because this is something that's going to come and happen, unfortunately, probably more often. So we need to learn from this and help each other and see how we can make this even better. Because we cannot do this alone. All these people are telling, let's close the borders and we can produce. We cannot produce. We don't have all the resources. We We don't have it all. We need each other. Especially Def- the
0: Netherlands, Def- which is Def- not.
1: Definitely, we, yeah, but not only the Netherlands, even America or, I don't know, all these huge countries. You still need each other and you cannot do this with, without one another. So, mm. and I know that we have all these governments who see each other as big threats and all these ego going on with, the, I'm sorry, men. I'm <laughs> so sorry. Um, <laughs> heads of states. I mean... Uh, if we can bring that also like in a more equal thing. I don't want men off the the, the high positions, no, but it no. would be lovely if we can have more women on these positions too so we can work together because I really believe that equality, gender equality, what kind of equality only works if we all are in a part of it. It's mm. not excluding against someone else. If there's feminism, the word fem. Its I means woman. It doesn't mean that it ex- excludes men. You cannot gain feminism if you don't have men who make space for women to go and get somewhere. You know what I mean? Yeah, so sure. equality is something that you only can create if we work together. And I yeah, know I think- it's so sweet to talk about it. It sounds so <laughs> like cliche or stuff like that, but it really the way it is It's yeah, not but a the relationship.
0: Yeah, yeah, you do. Yep. But you do, you do see it with the, the leader in uh, New Zealand, for example, is a good good example, of course, where. Uh, or we Norway, see or yeah, in, yeah, in, in it,
1: Germany. It,
0: it, yeah, yeah, absolutely. So I have one more question and then we'll wrap up. Uh, so this is the question I always ask at the end. So, what are you kind of most proud of since you kind of started this journey that you're on right now?
2: the hardest question
1: no (laughs) it's not a not a hard question at all i'm living the life that i have dreamt of as a little girl cool and i'm 37
2: Hmm. so
1: that i'm the most proud of i'm proud of the fact that i I'm open to learn a new thing every day. I am very thankful for everything that I have. I love to share whatever I have with everybody that I can share it with. I mean, and I I really wish this for everyone else, to live their best life. And for everybody, that's something different. But I truly believe that we are able to do that. And Living that best life with in within harmony with others. Within it doesn't. If I live my best, it doesn't mean that you don't cannot live your best. But helping each other to do that, getting there, I really believe it. And I have had a, not an easy life at all. So I wasn't born and raised with a golden spoon in my mouth. But I really can truly say, going through everything that I've been in through, I really am living. A life that makes me happy, I'm healthy, I have two amazing kids, I have built an, a beautiful life for me and my kids and yeah i'm I'm a truly happy human being, and I wish nice. that for everybody else
0: very nice, very nice. I think it's the best way to start to, to end it here, but uh, I, first, I want to thank you it was uh it was great talking to you uh, and you thanks for inviting a, me no problem it was a it's a great to have a change of uh change of scenery in that sense i usually talk about like companies and how they are evolving and changing stuff and this is a is a bit different than that and i i i, I enjoy that i like uh, talking about something else.
1: and what really nice good thing is esther perel is um uh, uh, she is um psychiatrist she's mm-hmm. also a sexuolo so i don't know how do you translate that to uh yeah um, yes, yeah, she really <laughs> she works with families with people and i love her one of her last articles she was talking about how our um people in companies or out of companies are still the same people so all their traumas and all their good stuff that they have and within their families They also bring back to their companies. So Mm a company life is nothing more than all these different people together. And like a good relationship, you can have a lot of love, but if you don't have a good communication, that love is not enough. So for me, self-leadership is very important. Taking responsibility, seeing chances, grasping them, working hard on it, but also working on yourself. It's an ongoing process of giving and taking and realizing that you're part of something much bigger and that your talent and that's what you contribute is very important, as important as that for someone else.
0: Very cool, very cool. Uh, thanks again. Uh, how can uh, people find you on the internet? Maybe that's uh, good to share.
1: Lingla.nl. Oh, okay. l l that's
0: yeah, I'll, That I'll uh, link it down below in the in the show notes so everybody can find it. Uh, thanks but again.
1: My, I'm gonna launch my new website somewhere, somewhere ah. in the beginning of the. But that's where you need to, can find me. There's already some stuff there, so uh, yeah,
2: but
1: that's easy. Yeah. And otherwise on LinkedIn, of course.
0: I'll link it down below. Yeah, so because my can
1: name like. is not like <laughs> Leila Prnavrat. Good luck finding me. <laughs> Good
0: luck trying that.
1: Yeah. <laughs>
0: All right, uh, Leila. Thanks a lot. Uh, you do. Uh, and uh, nice. for listeners uh, you can uh, find the Bits First Byte podcast on bitsvsbytes.com and on all major podcasting platforms and there's a newsletter if you want to uh, get uh, five things about business leadership and technology uh, you can find that on uh, bitsvsbytes.com newsletter and I'd like to thank you for listening and until next time